Welcome back to the Multipod. It's nice to be back. We had another kind of um, extended break, I guess you could say. We did a great episode there with uh, Roby back at the end of August, and uh, it was lots of fun and a wonderful conversation. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do. We really had a great time. And, you know, of course, uh, we figured that would lead to more, but then we get busy. It's kind of a first in the history of the Multipod in that we were always been pretty consistent. You know, we took little breaks in the summer, but we kept putting the episodes out. But now uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a couple months, which is kind of unprecedented just because I've been so busy. I've been traveling and, and Vanessa's quite busy too. She's got a new job. So uh, we realized, hey, if we're going to keep this thing going, we've got to really kind of buckle down and make the effort and, and find some people to chat with and set it all up. But we want to do it because we love doing this show and it's been quite a, a journey and experience in doing so. And most of all, because we're coming up on our fifth anniversary of the Multipod in just a few weeks at the beginning of next year, 2023. So we would hate to see this thing kind of fade away just as we're getting to that milestone and of course, we love doing it. So that's why we're here with a brand new episode for you and some more coming down the pipeline too. And I'm very, very glad to be joined by Mapalo, who is joining us live from Zambia. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Great. Yeah, great. It's really nice to have you here. Uh, we were chatting a bit before how you're definitely our first guest on this show from Zambia. Is there maybe anyone else from in the Puttyverse from your country? No, um, I'm currently the only Zambian in the Puttyverse. <laughs> <laughs> cool. That's really cool. Yeah, we've chatted with a few people from Africa for sure, but Zambia is the first, so this is exciting. I mean, we love, uh, you know, we love meeting people from all around the world, which is a great thing of why the Puttyverse is so exciting because you do get people from all kinds of different backgrounds and cultures and time zones and languages and so on. So that's cool. And uh, yeah, we're here to learn about you and get to know a bit your story and some of the great projects that you're working on and get your perspective on things. So I see that uh, you joined the Puttyverse in September of this year. How did you discover the group? How did you find out about it? Basically almost the same way everyone came into the Puttyverse. I came across her TED Talk one of these days. It just it popped up in my algorithm since I, I have a tendency to watch TED Talks in general. So I clicked on it and I watched it and for the first time I was like, okay, I want to follow this person. Like, where are their socials? I, I need to see if I can mm. try and see if I can get like a tangible reach. So um, I looked her up, came across her book and I purchased it and I read it. Yeah. So then I read her book and I was like, oh, this is a really good book. It took me a while, but then afterwards I was like, okay, let me try and see if I can reach out. So yeah. I decided what would be the cleverest way to see if I could get a response. So I decided, <laughs> I decided to tweet her a joke and, okay. <laughs> and she liked the joke. And I was really happy about that. Then she told me all about the Puttyverse and how it exists and how there are different multi-potentialites that could join in. And then she mentioned how it was um, mostly a paid service. And I was like, well, that would be difficult for me because I'm a student. So mm -hmm. she said, oh, that's fine because we offer scholarships. So that's how I applied for the scholarship. And in a matter of a few weeks, Joel sent me an email saying that I had been accepted into the Puttyverse nice. on a full scholarship, which was oh, great. Nice. Yeah, and that and that's how I joined the verse. Um, met people, made an introduction post, 
And oh, cool. the first huddle I ever really attended was the puttython because I'm I think oh, I missed yeah. I missed my intro huddle. So I'm planning to join another one too, the one coming mm-hmm. up. Yeah. Yeah, those are good. You can join them anytime. I mean, I've been around for years, but I could pop in too. It's nice to have a mix of people who've been around for a while, right? And and brand new people or even yeah, and even at that point if you've been in for a few months, it's still a very relevant thing to do. So for sure, go for it. Pretty much. So I can't really say there's much yet because I've only been in the verse a few months. So it's been super exciting so far. Nice, nice. Well, that's a bit more of a unique story then in that you uh, reached out to Emily directly, especially in a fun, creative way. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> she, uh, I mean, she's active for sure in the group too. Have you kind of chatted with her more or seen her around more now that you're in the community? I have. I have a few several times. Nice. Yeah. So what do you think so far? Is it, did you have expectations going in of what it might be like in the community and what the experience would be like? Nope. <laughs> Absolutely no, no expectations. Um, I like to keep an open mind. So yeah. I was just waiting to be surprised. And um, are there any groups uh, or activities that you've latched onto since you joined? Yes. Uh, several, actually. I think <laughs> I'm in quite a number of groups. I think I'm in the culture and curiosities group. I'm in the poets group. I'm in the introverts group. I'm in the arts and creativity group. I'm also in community builders group. I'm in the entrepreneurs group. Oh, yeah. And I can't remember the rest. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a lot right there. <laughs> well, that's neat. And I don't know, have you maybe connected with any people in particular, struck up some new friendships since you've joined? Oh, definitely. The first, like, real interaction I think I had was with Joan. Yeah, I think that's the first person I had, like, a call with when she, I think, set up a huddle for something. And that's where I got to meet Tara as well. And Brian. A few other people that I've connected with is Katie. Mm-hmm. Sophia, Roscoe, yeah. well, Joel himself, obviously. Sure. So tell us a bit about, well, your story. I do see in your profile you've you've lived in different places. So besides in Africa, I mean, Zambia, but also South Africa, Malawi. But I see you lived in the States too, I guess, like Virginia, Southern California. How long were you there? Quite a while. So initially, I was actually born in the States. Okay. Yes, in Virginia. I moved back to Zambia in 2017, right at the peak of high school, and then traveled back for a bit and then officially made the move in 2020. Okay. Do you see yourself in Zambia kind of indefinitely now? For a couple of years, yes. Hmm. So initially being a Zambian growing up in the States was quite interesting. Like when I traveled back here in 2017, I realized I didn't know a lot about my culture or where I was from. So I think I still need more time to understand my people and how my home country is. Yeah, interesting. Was it kind of like, um, I don't know if we'd call it a reverse culture shock, but something similar in that, you know, it's where your family, I guess, is from and your lineage, and yet it would have been so new to you personally coming back there. So did it feel like a bit of a shock actually moving back there to live? Yes, definitely did. (laughs) It definitely, (laughs) it definitely did. Even the basic slang words, I had to adjust and change 
because mm. here the formal type of English they use is British English. So mm. I had to like completely change and get used to not being able to see cafes at every corner and whatnot. Well, language is a good one too because there's probably local dialects then that people use too besides English. Yes, there are. The main ones being、um, Bemba and Yanja, which、okay. I've learned a fair amount of. A fair amount of.、Hmm. Well, I'm guessing. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you were moving around because of your family or maybe your parents' work or something like that. Not essentially. The other trips were mostly because of academic reasons. They were mostly、hmm. like under like school programs, and I would move there. But the major shift that I've done with my entire family has been from the states to Zambia. The others have、yeah. been academic related. So, like, were you? Did you have some understanding, I guess, of Zambian culture, language, and and you know that kind of history growing up, even though you were in the states? I definitely did. My dad would tell me stories of my homeland and like the chiefs and how everything worked and how it was all very different.、Mm-hmm. And how in my tribe specifically, we follow a matrilineal line of culture. So it means,、hmm. in my case, my mom would be the one I would inherit wealth from, and that kind of thing. Yeah, interesting. Neat. Have you kind of been able to explore some of Zambia then, since you've been back and traveled around a bit? Yes, I've been to about five provinces now. Okay. Yes. So <laughs> the provinces here are named exactly after the direction they're located in. So it's it's pretty, it's pretty easy. So I've been to northern, western, eastern, southern, central, and the capital city. Right, and that's where you live, right? Yes. Yeah.、Uh, remind me, I should remember the name. Lesako. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs>、uh, what's it like as a city? Is it a very big city? Not necessarily, but there's a lot going on. It's the one place that has interaction to everything, so to speak. It's also the place with the largest airport. Oh yeah, which is actually where I live. I live close to the the airstrip. Lusaka is interesting because it's kind of like in its own bubble because <laughs> that's where everyone, everyone and everything gets concentrated. So most of the people that come in from outside come here first, mostly. And then they take a detour and go to Livingston, where the Victoria Falls is. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing to see. I'd love to go there someday. So yeah, Lusaka is a pretty interesting place. It's it's the one place where everyone else collects, especially if they're not originally Zambian. Yeah, cool. I'm I'm looking at it here on the map. It's a big city, but it doesn't seem like overwhelming. So can you kind of explore different neighborhoods and? Does it feel like a big kind of bursting city, lots of people, and overwhelming? Well, I live in a quiet neighborhood, <laughs> but generally,、um, generally, yes, it does feel like there's there's a lot going on. I guess especially if you know like the right people, like to show you places, because a lot of we have a lot of trees <laughs> and like a lot of hilly turnarounds, so it's it's really hard to like navigate places. So especially if you know someone who can show you which exact street something is down. It makes it easier. Oh, cool. Well, I don't know. Hopefully, I get there someday. I mean, I definitely like to see Victoria Falls, and、um, I haven't,、uh, I haven't actually been to Africa yet. So, <laughs> one of these days for sure. Well, I mean, tell us a bit about some of your projects. I know you were, you were telling me a little bit before we started about your、um, kind of startup project. So, what does that involve? Okay, so literally right about the same time that I joined the Puttyverse, 
my friends and I, four of them, decided that we would create a startup that would help create digitized tech solutions for our country because there are a lot of processes that still happen manually and we figured we would try and be the bridge in that gap. Yeah, cool. So that sounds pretty complex. What's the plan? What are the steps involved? Well, the harder part was getting registered and legally recognized. So we had to, first of all, get name clearance, just in case anyone else decided to name their company Native Stack. Hmm. We also had to get permission from the revenue authority in our country, yeah. as well as also have like an official proof of document that we would be capable of making money when we said we would start business. Mm -hmm. So is that all done now? Like, are you basically up and running? Yes, we are. We even have an office space. It's just, we're still trying to find more funding because we're still mm -hmm. students and there's only so much we can do with our allowance and pocket money. Yeah, yeah. Well, what's the plan then, you know, once it really is up and running and functioning, like what's the objective of the, uh, of the company? First of all, set up a patent for it so that huh. we each have equal access to intellectual rights. I got this idea mostly after talking to Joan because she was like, a lot of times, especially when you're a lot of people and you're starting something, there can be a lot of miscommunication on what percentage that you can take who has access to what and who has more power over what. And she's like, the smarter way would be like to find ways of making sure you all get the same amount and it's going to require a high level of trust. So we talked about it and our decision was creating a patent. So when we do like start making money, the patent is going to like set out how much we're each going to get. And hopefully it'll be somewhat even because we're technically four founders, so it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hard because we're an even number. Yeah. So can you kind of be open for business before you get the patent, or do you have to wait for that? Luckily, we have like a it's like a probation period where you can still run before you're required to apply for a patent. So we're still okay. safe. We can still try and get projects even before we get a patent. Right. So the plan is to like digitize like paper documents things like that, that right now are only manual? At a smaller scale, yes. At a bigger scale, we're looking, creating platforms to help scout recruit athletes in our area because hmm. we don't have that. And I think there are only two or three athletes from here that have become internationally recognized. And when people try to access that, it's almost like a magic story. Like everyone's wondering, how did it happen? And if there was a platform... <laughs> If there was a platform, it would reduce a lot of red tape because these people get criticized for saying they had connections that no one else didn't. If there was mm -hmm. a platform that could show people access to academies and whatnot, that would be really cool. Yeah, yeah, cool. That's really neat. Is it for like athletes of any sport or certain ones in particular? We're thinking we'll start with the sport that has the most traction in our country, mm -hmm. and then we can go to other sports. So we're thinking soccer because it's the most popular one here first then we will branch out yeah. to basketball which is the second most popular sport here then rugby oh, cool. yeah and so on and so forth so like the athletes themselves would kind of register themselves to the database so people could find them more easily exactly and they could be given a chance to show their trajectory for instance if they started under an academy or that's actually 
one of their majors in university because it's, it's a pretty new thing here to be able to actually study sport. Okay. Does this come back to your background then, like in, you know, tech or coding and building apps and software? Does that tap into your own skills? Yes, it does. So initially, my focus has been tech for good. Hmm. I mostly got my big break when I got an internship at our country's first innovation and technology hub hmm. for having, well, they gave an assessment of sorts, and I was given one of those interviews that you don't really get informed about. I've forgotten what they're called, or like it's an, an impromptu interview. That's that's what they're okay. called, I think. <laughs> yeah, so I had one of those, and they gave me an assessment to build an application within a set amount of days, and they were impressed, and I got hired, and I got a lot of exposure. And mostly the projects they worked on were pretty technical stuff, like making procurement processes easier, agriculture, financial business. You also had projects involving innovative movement, where you could have like systemized bicycles that work on tiny amounts of AI to like coordinate people in the local areas where there isn't much availability for cars and there isn't going to be any until the coming years. Right. So that gave you some good uh, training then and experience in how to put the tech side of things together. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Yeah. So with your friends in the startup, are you all coming at it from that same place, I guess? Do you all have the tech background or do you each have your own skills in particular? We all technically come from tech, but different aspects. So I'm mostly known for having raw skills. So I'm, I'm the one who gets on my feet and does the unconventional stuff. And then my friends are yeah. the ones that are more focused in the more structured technical stuff. So I guess that way it's a balance. Yeah, cool. I guess maybe a couple questions. Do you have a timeline for when it would really take off? And even then, in turn, do you foresee it as kind of a full-time, you know, job, career, profession, business type thing for you? Like, if possible, is, do you see yourself doing it for a few years at least? Yes, yes, I do. Depending... <laughs> Depending on how much profit we can generate in the next, well, five years from starting to run. So the idea is that we all have to graduate. <laughs> we have five years to make everything work. Okay. I'm always curious then, I, I guess all of us are in the puttyverse, how you, you square that commitment with your other interests, projects, ideas, possibilities. You know, do you struggle at all with kind of making the commitment that's probably necessary to see something as big as like a whole startup starting a business and bringing that to fruition. Is it a challenge to keep that kind of focus and commitment for you for a long time, maybe even indefinitely? I would be lying if I said I was always focused, but <laughs> <laughs> but the thing that keeps me motivated is seeing people that have done it. For instance, the current CEO of YouTube, um, Susan Wojcicki. Oh, yeah. I think she's an inspiration because she's she's someone who does something big for something so unconventional. I mean, YouTube mm. in its own right is kind of a different way of being a content creator. And she, she has to manage all the issues from security to equality and rights to people having enough traction for the algorithm to pick up everyone's content, no matter where yeah. they're from, for people to have like enough income to generate from the platform 
regardless of any other factors considering their views and the likes. So I feel when I look at such people, I'm better inspired than when I sit in class and look at slides about how to stay motivated because we have those as well. <laughs> Do you feel you're an instinctive, natural entrepreneur? Are you drawn to that you know, mindset or life? Or was it just with this particular idea with the startup? Was it just kind of a, a neat idea? Not that you're looking necessarily to have your own business. Well, thinking about it now, I probably am, but it's not something I saw considering hmm. I always wanted to have a structured career like my parents. So yeah. my dad being a higher up in the retail industry and my mom being someone who's always familiar with work, a technical and structured job is something I really wanted for a long time. And I almost made a mistake of applying to med school. Okay, interesting. But for some strange reason, all my applications were put on the waiting list. And huh. I had to do a lot of serious evaluation because I felt it was quite strange that no matter where I applied, either locally or back in the States, they would all just go to the waiting list. I had to do some introspection and seriously think about whether or not I really wanted a structural job. Yeah. Have you closed the door? I'm guessing that you did kind of walk away from that for now, but have you closed the door on that? Do you see, you know, maybe someday you would go for that kind of structure? Probably I will. Maybe my approach to it was wrong. <laughs> maybe what I was intending to do was to find a way to improve the things involved in the medical industry, not necessarily being the one in the operating room. Mm -hmm. Telehealth is something that has been on people's minds for some time. And when things stabilize and I can get everything together, that would be another thing that we would definitely dive into. Yeah, with your with your company there. Yes. Okay. Well, that's cool. Well, that's one of the, you know, now I'm thinking about it. It's like, that seems like the type of business, the structure of it, that's quite versatile. So you could apply it to all kinds of things. And, you know, whether it's medical or whether it's the athletes, of course, the sports or, you know, anyone else who needs that kind of digitizing and everything. Like there's lots of variety. So that's got to be appealing as a multi-potentially. It definitely is. It definitely is. Because another mistake that we made was trying to focus it on one thing. Since our first project was creating an app that would help people find their boarding spaces because there's no structure for it. And usually the schools just leave you be. So you apply, you get accepted. And then afterwards, they'll be like, so finding a boarding house is up to you. Talk to a friend or something. Squat. We don't care. Just find yourself here. So we figured creating a boarding space app would help. And for the longest time, that's what we focused on until we were told we were making a mistake because turns out none of us were interested in one thing specifically. And that would probably explain why. <laughs> Even though our idea was working well, we weren't making enough money on it. So we yeah. we decided to make a turnaround and open it up a bit more and say that we could actually do a project in concerning any industry. I guess it's important to be uh, flexible like that, but it does sound like a good idea. I don't know if you can prove that it's the demand, there's a need, which it sounds like it, to make those connections with the boarding. I mean, people need it. So maybe it's still something you could come back to at some point. It definitely is. We have a website for it. It's just hard because we're dealing with universities and we have to get their permission first. And if it's going to work for universities, is it going to work for just the main ones or even the smaller ones that aren't so recognized? Sure. Yeah. Interesting. 
Well, I want to, um, before we run out of time here, I just want to make sure everybody knows where to find you. Is there a website or anything for your startup? Is there uh, any place people can find out more about that? So the funny thing is, we've been too busy building other people's websites that we still don't have our own. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um... Well, that's it, I'm afraid. That's as far as we got. Uh, we did get cut off there. Mapalo was just about to answer that last question, and then uh, the internet dropped off. We tried for a little while to reconnect, but uh, it wasn't happening. So I wrote to her afterwards. I said, well, you know, we were down to the last question, so I can just fill in the last little bit of information about where people can find her, and uh, we'll wrap it up there. So lots of places you can find Mapalo online. She did say we could mention her upcoming website, there's nothing there yet, but if you're interested, of course, you can bookmark it and uh, it'll be there for your reference in the future. It's called notquiteyet.com. All one word, notquiteyet.com. But a much more active place you can find her is over on github.com. Her profile is Mapalo Chibwe, so M-A-P-A-L-O-C-H-I-B-W-E. She's on LinkedIn, Mapalo-Mwape-Chibwe. And she's on Twitter, MaverickBlessy1. We'll put all these links in the show notes here for this episode. And for everyone in the Puttyverse, of course, you can go to her profile directly, Mapalo Chibwe. Find all those links there. Some more of the details we've been chatting about today. And of course, we all now have a much fuller picture of her. So I thanked her, of course, afterwards, but I'll thank her again here on the show for coming on the Multipod. As we said earlier, it's always a pleasure to get to know people in this community and especially to connect with people from all kinds of different corners in the world. It's pretty neat that I'm sitting here in Quebec and she's over in Zambia and we're still able to have a great conversation. We are streaking close to episode 100 of the Multipod coming up very soon in the new year by the looks of it, probably in early January, and that should coincide with a fifth anniversary episode for this show also. So we're putting together some special plans for that. In the meantime, we've got a couple more recordings ready to go before the end of this year, 2022. So quite a bit of stuff coming at you. Hopefully you'll have a bit of extra time over the holidays to take a listen. As always, if you'd like to come on the show yourself, you're more than welcome to. This is a show that's open to anyone, especially members of the Puttyverse, of course, where we get to know your story, some of your projects, your interests, your background, and learn about your take on multipotentiality. If you'd like to suggest a topic, you can certainly do so as well. And most of all, if you'd like to get involved in the show. Now, of course, we're multi-potentialized. We don't want to take on big commitments, although it's tempting. You don't have to do that with here. If you're interested in podcasting, this is a great opportunity to come on for, say, one episode. You can co-host with me or Vanessa or both of us. You can have a conversation with somebody you know in the Puttyverse and record it. We'll put it on the podcast here. This is really what it's for. It's a great chance to share those conversations, to share what you're talking about and what you're learning about, and get that experience in podcasting. It's very much a community show that's open to everyone. Now, we'll guide you along, of course. We can show you what to do and how to set it all up. So please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me, Fly Ted, in the Puttyverse. You can send me a message there. Vanessa is Cambriel with a K. And we do have a dedicated show email address, themultipodcast at gmail.com. And you can reach us there too. We're going to keep pushing this, you know, as we get into the new year. We'd love to see some new people involved in the show and uh, help us out in putting it together, keeping it going. We've made it to five years, but we'd like to keep going for sure. 
It's always been a, a group effort, you know. There's been a few of us who've been involved to produce this show, so we'd like to keep that going. We're putting the word out more and more for people to uh, take a turn, to get involved, and to try it out, see what they think, especially if you want to get that practice in podcasting. So let us know what you think, and uh, stay tuned. We'll be back in your ears very soon. Thanks very much, everybody. <laughs>